Greetings, podcast enthusiasts near and far. I'm Paulette Gloria Harwood, and I'm your host of Thriving in Chaos. As podcasts are the trendy things to do these days, I thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. I'm thrilled you're listening to the sparkling examples of excellence in womanhood I find and curate. I believe these inspiring, wise, powerful, trailblazing souls light the way for us as we each learn to gracefully navigate our journeys. As a certified divorce coach, I have been witness to confusion, sadness, change, and growth. I have learned that all we really need is to share our knowledge, support, and love to guide our sisters to all the possibilities in life. I am dedicated to helping clients leave behind the turmoil, confusion, and chaos of divorce while adding value to their best life with tips, tools, and personal experience. If you are so inspired, please subscribe to my podcast and share with others you think who may benefit. And now, let's thrive in chaos. So welcome to the show, Michelle. I um, am really excited that we've reconnected because I was really impressed when I met you and your husband and your two fabulous boys down in Belize. And we didn't really get to spend a lot of time together because you guys were on vacation or an exploratory trip. And I was working and creating this business and we were all kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And I hate that saying, but it's such a visual that I'm just gonna go with it. So welcome to Thriving in Chaos, the podcast that myself and Elizabeth Ann Stanley host on the Anchor platform, but we're also now on seven other platforms, which is exciting because our um, our viewership and our membership is really growing. So welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Thank you. In fact, I was really impressed with you. So ditto, girl. Yeah. Thank you. What? Yeah. I I um I have to ask more like I that that's really humbling and slightly embarrassing for me to ask but like just tell me what you recall about our meeting and what you experienced down there I'm always so curious to hear what people think about the trip and Belize and and I don't know a little bit about what you experienced in your journey down there with me. Okay, so yeah, I've been doing yoga for 17 years, so I'm a pretty strong. Um, advocate of that type of even like philosophy and exercise and the whole thing and I thought oh gee I'm going to try a new class I get to try this aerial one so when I walked in and I met you and your amazing studio first of all your energy wow like you you are full of just this health you just exude health and then I met your husband and he was just so calm and nice and just this really good energy too kind of the calming energy and so immediately loved the energy i felt very welcoming i felt like um i felt that you were you really walked your talk and then when we did the class you were rocking it out you were so flexible and mobile and um to see that really inspired me to um see what's possible because really you you're just you exude health 
and it was really nice to be around. So, and I had a great class. Never did it before, so it was my first experience. But um, I like to try new things. So, um, you know, the beauty, your beauty, your husband's calming energy, your staff, your everything. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I'm slightly um, blushing, so thanks. (laughs) Well, I really just enjoyed getting to know your family, too. And, you know, when you move to a foreign country and you just kind of up and sell everything and move, and a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I really want to come down to visit you and see what you're doing and, and check out the place. And a lot of people do. They do. But a lot of people are so intimidated about... Just the idea of becoming an expat and moving or even exploring Mm. Central America. What happens is people go to the go-to safe places, the safe destinations. And when I say safe, I don't mean versus dangerous, but just sort of, you know, customary or uh, the usual, like what, Florida and California and Arizona and the, the usuals, right? So people hear that, you know, you've moved to this crazy little um, island in Central America on an island off an island, and they're thinking, what the heck? So uh, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I, I really do love what I do. And it's funny to hear that you said that um, my husband is the uh, calming energy, right? So he's sort of my yin to my yang. Yeah, I could see that. What a perfect match. Thank I'm very you. happy for you and inspiring, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want our guests to get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to ask you to share how you became so passionate about wellness and diet and detoxification and and just how that journey in your own life has you know transpired into into your coaching work. Well, thanks for asking. I have um I guess this journey where it started I've been fit my whole life. I just was born to just move. Um when I feel when I move I feel good. So I tried every sport you possibly can think of as a child and there I moved and it made me feel good and um there was this one and you know, I was I was healthy and I was fit and my parents my mom was um a stay at home mom so she grew like she had a big garden and she was a she cooked for us. I was healthy there and played a lot of sport. But in my teenage years, it's crazy. I got this one comment from an auntie who was a loving auntie and she just looked at me and said I'm Russian, so she said, Marusa, you look like you're gaining weight. <laughs> I've mm. never, ever looked at my body that way in my life. I'm a teenage girl. Never even thought about that. I was just into playing and sports and having fun. And I thought, well, well, gee, like, if I'm gaining weight, that doesn't sound like a good thing. And people aren't really going to like that. So maybe they won't love me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. well then I won't have friends if, if that's like, I, I want to be part of the group. I don't want to be like different because there wasn't really a lot of people that were overweight, to be honest, and we were all in shape because I'm over 50 now. So back then there weren't a lot of people that were overweight. So I thought, well, well, okay, well, I got to do something about this because I don't want to be part of this. I want to be loved really. <laughs> and so I, I thought, well, what do I, how do I lose weight? I, 
no idea. And so I overheard this conversation of another teenage girl just, she was talking about how, like, everyone was kind of hovering around her and she was thin. And they were saying, well, how do you stay so thin? She goes, well, I just don't eat very much. Hmm. It's easy. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, but because I never, again, I never got, I never thought anything about food. It was just I fed what I was, I ate whatever my mom fed me kind of thing, right? Right. And so I thought, well, okay, well, I'll just not eat very much. <laughs> like, really true. And so as someone who is pretty A-type, I guess I took it too far. And I got really good at not eating very much. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I felt great because I'm like, I'm doing this. I can go to bed hungry, but you know what? I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to wake up, and um, I'm, I'm going to be, like, thinner. Mm. Oh, yeah, this is really going through my mind in a teenage girl, seriously. So what so age, if you out. don't mind me, just so everybody can really, you know, follow this journey with you, at what age were you starting to feel that those messages that were being given to you, Jeez. being fed to you, started to really uh, affect you and your eating habits? Yeah, uh, like 14, 15. Yeah. Like really young. And see, she probably didn't even mean it that way. I took it, I probably took it too far. But I don't know, really, but this is kind of what happened. And then, yeah, so I'd be so happy with myself that I would wake up and, mm. I, and I'd be starving. And, like, I did it. And so right. I just got really good at not eating. Oh, yeah. And then, um, oh, yeah, no, I did a great job losing weight. And then my mom started to notice. She's like, wait a minute. Like, you're, you look thin. Like, I used to be, like, healthy and robust and very athletic. And then I just shredded all this mass and my hair started to follow I started to look older and then my mom's like wait a minute we got to take you somewhere because this isn't looking good so she um and I didn't really tell her that I wasn't eating much because I was a little bit embarrassed and so she took me to a natural doctor and he examined me believe this okay here I am like 14 15 and he did my the whole examination he went you know what you have the body of like an 80 year old grandma he says, if you don't change, oh, yeah, if, and his name was Dr. Wagstaff, and he was in um, West Bank. If you don't change what you're doing, whatever that is, you, you're not going to, like, you'll die. Like, you're on your way to death. And I'm like, well, that was a wake-up call, and my mom's listening to this, and she's got all freaked out. I thought, well, okay, well, I guess I should just eat then. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a kid. I don't know. And then, well, what do I eat? I'll just eat. I don't know what to eat, I'll just eat. And so I started to eat more, and it felt really weird, but I started to eat more because I felt, I was afraid. I was afraid of honestly dying because he's telling me this. And so I started to feel really crappy because I just ate whatever was out there, and not so much my mom's food, but just like more food, more food, more food. And then um, I started to feel really horrible. So... Um, my hair, it didn't change. Like, I still looked really bad. And then I had this kind of, like, thing about food because I was afraid of food. Like, I didn't even know what food is. Do I eat? Do I not eat? I want to look good. Like, all these things going on while I'm going to school. I mean, it was pretty, pretty tough. So, mm. so many years of this food stuff. Like, it, whoa. So then, um, so then what happened was um, I kind of just ate, I don't know. I just kind of normalized my weight, I guess, 
but still didn't feel well at all. Still stayed in a lot of sports because I like to move. And then what happened was um, I moved to Vancouver and then I um, I overheard this conversation in a gym, this lady saying, this woman saying, you know what? I haven't had a menstrual cycle in years. Mm. And what I found out was that is also linked to osteoporosis. I'm like, well, I didn't even, okay, I never ever thought about my menstrual cycle. Never tapped. Isn't this crazy? But any, I thought, well, I don't even remember the last time I had one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And so I went to the medical doctor, and she, I said, listen, I should be tested for osteoporosis. I haven't had a menstrual cycle in years. She goes, oh, no, no. You're so fit. Don't worry about it. You're fine. I'm like, no, I'm not fine. I want to get tested. So finally, she tested me at age 32. I had full-blown osteoporosis. Wow. Yeah, that's really young. That's really young. And then she's like, wow, she was shocked. And so, of course, their their whole model was medication. Just Here, just take this medication. We'll fix your osteoporosis. Take this other medication to take to get your menstrual cycle back, and we'll just medicate you, and you'll be fine. I thought, well, no, I'm not going to be fine because that's not an answer. Like, there's something wrong. That, yeah. I'm not going to, what's that? Even then, I, I'm, I thought, no, that's wrong. And so then, then I started to look at, you know, what to do. And so I went to a, um, a, naturopath, a naturopathic doctor, and he actually showed me this path of natural medicine and, and real food and how to really take care of yourself from, it, from an ultra, like the natural way. And I, I started to follow what he said, right. and I started to read about it, and you know what, it was, it was, it was, everything, okay, I felt so good when I started to eat real food, I started to eat when I was hungry, stopped when I was full, I started to think, like, read my body, I took his glandulars to get my menstrual cycle back, and I read all about natural health, and you know what, when I was 32, it was like 32, 33, you could not take one of those books out of my hand, I was just infatuated with learning about natural health. And so from that time on, because my menstrual cycle came back, I was able to reverse my osteoporosis all natural from what I learned and his advice, right? right. And so I thought, well, oh my gosh. Like more people have to know about this because they, first of all, get in touch with their body and what it's saying. And second of all, this stuff works. And I totally reversed everything. And so now, I mean, I'm 51. It's been that long of researching, studying. I've got my degree. I'm a chartered herbalist. I'm a specialist in detox now because I realize that's important. And and I'm also a personal trainer. So I've kind of got all these tools underneath my belt only because I want to help other people see that, first of all, food is... Um, it's nutrition. It's not just macronutrients. It's like, what are you putting in your body? And it's, and so it's, you could, you know, when you find out what's best for your body, mm. you can, you can see miracles happen, but really you've got to find out what's best for your body. So you fix your body and then you find out kind of like a maintenance thing. But, um, I think a lot of people are, are struggling with food and I did, and I kind of worked, worked it out. But yeah, no, I was I was pretty pretty bad there for a while. Fascinating, so that, fascinating. Yeah. So it took you about twenty years 
to from the age of say 15 uh-huh. so a little bit less to the age of about 32 where you um felt yeah. that you were just beating on your body and really absorbing uh-huh. these negative messages and and really battling uh-huh. I would say now did you get diagnosed with anorexia No I never heard that term once crazy okay and so you don't you you never got to the point where they the doctors looked at you and said all right you have a certain you know label or disorder no no such label was given fascinating no never it was only you've got a you've got a body of an 80 year old grandma when i was young and then it was osteoporosis and amenorrhea right. that's it nothing 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 right and then you turned your, you know, wellness around from this uh-huh. mindset of I don't want to be overweight, I don't want to be skinny, I don't want to be frail, I don't want to be sick, I don't want to be weak. Uh-huh. I want to be healthy and vibrant and really live a life of really finding my best body weight and my best, you know, feeling good. And that journey started for you with really finding that naturopathic viewpoint. Yeah, and then doing a lot of self-discovery and doing a lot of my own research and then thinking, I need to learn this to a point where I can teach it because it was so powerful, my transformation. Like, it was so powerful that I thought, you know what, I, I got to help others now. And mm. so, but to help others, I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. And that's why I did get my degree, mm. right? So I wanted to really get that proper schooling done because I, I, I see the magic in it. And, and a lot of people are struggling and I see them struggling and I want to reach out to them and say, listen, like, let's find out what's going on and you could do this. You can reverse this. If I could do it, you can too. But mm-hmm. so I, I like to be, I like to be that person to be their, 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 you know, discover their best diet really. And so they, they're not afraid of food because there's other people that when they eat, they get so digest, they have so many digestive issues that they're afraid of food that way because it'll bloat them up. Right. So but food is nurturing. Food is meant to rebuild our body and, Food is pleasure and and not to be feared. Seriously. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, you are singing to the choir, my dear. I mean, you know me well (laughs) enough to know that I am an incredible advocate of eating organic, natural, unprocessed, clean, you know, really beautiful, Mm -hmm. vibrant, delicious food. I Mm. I studied macrobiotics. I love to cook. One of my favorite Mm. things to do is to cook. Uh, My husband's always, you know, excited about me cooking. And I am a, gosh, a lover of of diet and lifestyle and wellness via food. So you are absolutely, I mean, that's just, I think why we connected was not only our energy, but also our passion for really creating food as nutrition. You know, what you put in is what you get out. And uh, I'm, I'm you know, a, a full believer as I'm sitting here sipping my tea and my uh, organic uh, carrot juice. So, but um, t- can you share with everybody where you went ahead and did your herbalist uh, training? Because I find that fascinating. It's not something that I've ever yeah. studied. So tell us more about how you become a naturalist, a uh, naturopath, yeah. a naturalist, and an herbalist. I'm fascinated by that. Okay. Yeah. So I did a lot of research to find out. Okay. So here's the thing. 
I wanted to be an expert and I wanted to, I, I needed a degree. So there was like, where can I get my degree? Because I need to get a degree in nutrition. I wanted the letters to, for people to take me seriously because of my journey and how I've, how I, how I can help people. So I got my degree through they call, it's the Edison Institute of Nutrition and Applied Science. So it was a Bachelor's of Applied Science in Nutrition. And so that was from the state. And then I was on my way to get my master's, but then I had, I got pregnant for the second child and they said, no, you can't do your master's. You've got to take care of the second child because I like to do everything. And so I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I just kept with my degree. And then after I was, you know, in practice seeing people with this nutrition, then I realized that, you know what? Diet's not enough. There's more. It's not just the food. People are sick, and food is getting them to a, is helping them to some degree, but it's not getting them to where they want to be. And then I stumbled across these um, the detoxification part. And so um, they what are they, it's called biotherapeutic drainage, and I'm trained by these doctors from Soroyal. So it's it's a system of medicine that unblocks the body's own natural ability to detoxify. And so when I started to study that and learn that and become certified, which was eight years ago, as I started to um, add in these drops that unblock the body's own ability to detox with the nutrition, oh, now you're now you're at such a high level. You can get people, you can get clients better quicker, faster when you combine the two. Because what happens is, see, these toxins they go really deep. Mm. And it's intracellular, and they actually shut down function. So unless you can t- get them out intracellular, I'm not saying extracellular. I'm saying where function happens, which is in the cell. When you can go in the cell and to get to get well, you've got to get the to get the cell well. You've got to clean the toxins out for some people because they're so toxic. So what the strategies that I use is. Um, for my clients, is I always start with what's the main organ of elimination? Well, your liver. And then when your liver's congested, it throws everything in the kidney. That's the other among tree that you've got to work on. And then the gut's always messed up. So if you can just get your intestinal tract, like your gut, your liver, your kidneys, get them working while, like, opening up, getting the toxins out while you're feeding the body the way it's meant to be fed... Now you're really getting somewhere, right? So, because then you can, you clean the space to make more room for healthy new cells, but you've got to clean the space first. So this was, this really um, changed my practice to help actually quite sick people get better. And I've seen quite sick people and they are getting better, but it's, 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 it's 17 years of really learning this, though. It takes time, believe me. But um, I've seen a lot of people. Yeah. And then, so I did get my chartered herbalist because I know that I have this affinity with plants because plants, um, we are healing. And there are certain plants that heal certain parts of the body. And I believe they're here for us. And I believe we're here for them. Mm. And so I come from a history of master herbalists, like my heritage. So, like my auntie's a master herbalist. So it, it's part of our, part of my gen, the generations that I've been part of. So I studied um, in Dominion Herbal College. So I'm I became a chartered herbalist through them in Vancouver, and then I just started practicing adding herbs in when needed with the 
the drops for detoxification. And um, it's just another tool to use because we need to get more connected with our plants. Because mm. they're not just—they're not just medicine. They're actually energy. Yeah, yeah. we're energy. Yeah, that. there are certain frequencies. You know that their their RNA talks to our DNA, and when you're coupling, you're coupled to your environment, and you you um, you're a healthy human because that all talks to what we call there's these energy centers in the cell called um, mitochondria, and so. You know you have good energy when your mitochondria are humming and they're happy. Well, they need to, they, they respond to frequency. <laughs> and when you have the frequency right, your mitochondria, you, 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 ha- you create more of them and they, they work more efficiently. And now you have natural energy. It's about the mitochondria. It is. And the plants have, some, have a part to play. Yeah, it goes that deep. No, I I don't doubt it whatsoever. In fact, it's not only what you put in your body, but it's what you put on your body, right? Like we don't even think about toothpaste and, and, you know, eye creams and lotions and deodorant and lipstick and, you know, uh, mouthwash and everything that we put on our body, not just in our body, really becomes a part of our energy. And, you know, granted each cell whether it's in an internal organ or an external organ like your skin, which is, of course, another organ, really becomes a part of every essence of our being and our spirit and our moods and our emotions, our ability to create really strong, lasting, loving relationships. And, you know, I love the fact that you're integrating herbs with nutrition, with diet, with wellness, and it, it all comes full circle, right? Uh-huh. It is, yeah. And when you open people's eyes up to that, they they see, they get more connected to nature. And then that is the quickest, easiest way, actually, to calm the body, get outside in nature. Yeah. Which is a yeah. little hard to do in the winter, though, and in Vancouver and Boston. I don't know about you, but it's like 11 right now. And the longest I feel like I can be outside is maybe five minutes before my fingers turn white and my nose is going to fall off my face, particularly moving to Belize. I don't know how much I can I take outside, but I agree with you. And that's one of the reasons I really enjoy living in a warmer climate because I feel like every day I can get outside and take Lulu for a walk and you know, just take a nice walk out in the sunshine and go for a swim and take out my paddleboard. And I've got some aerials hanging out by the pool and I can just take my mat outside and do some yoga and just feel like I'm a little bit more connected to nature. And, you know, back in the days in Boston when I was a kid and we'd go up skiing, but still it's just, it's really hard to to convince someone like me who's not a lover of cold, cold, harsh weather to get outside. So, you know, it's hard, but I agree with you. We lose connection. And one of the reasons I love being in the warm climate is I like to walk barefoot. And it's really hard to walk barefoot when it's, you know, under 50 because your feet are literally turning purple and blue and it's not so healthy, but... It is really great to to get outside. So, so what I what I do is I I how I educate my clients are like I want them outside as much as I can get them outside. Right. Because again, we talked about the mitochondria. The mitochondria 
they actually respond to frequency, which is from the outside light. And so for anybody who has a trouble sleeping, what I do is, and this is all quantum physics, which I've studied as well. So we need to get them outside first thing in the morning. And if they wear glasses, they need to place them on top of their head and allow the sun's frequency to enter their eye. They call it the eye clock. Mm. It taps to this um, super cosmetic nucleus. And it turns on, your body starts to produce melatonin if you can get the right signal. Yeah, and so what happens, you got to make melatonin to release it at night, but how mm. to make it is you've got to be outside to make it. The other thing that the frequency does from the sun is it all actually also upregulates your neurotransmitters in your gut, which is dopamine and serotonin. That's why you feel so happy. You've got to get outside for that. So when I explain, when I give them, edu I do a lot of education. I explain to them that you're actually going to have a be better, deeper sleep. And if you do, you're going to recover faster. You're going to, your brain will detoxify. You will burn fat while you sleep because a lot of people are overweight. It's true. You will if you do this right. And so having a good sleep starts in the morning by getting that morning sunlight. And the other thing about getting outside when it's cold, Paulette, yeah. is for those that need to lose weight, they actually burn, they, they, they burn fat quicker, faster, because they need to upregulate their metabolism to right. stay warm. So the, what they're doing is they're converting their white, ad their white adipose tissue to brown fat, which keeps them warm, but it doesn't cause, um, it, it, okay, brown fat keeps you warm, white fat insulates. Kind of, it, it's what you see as love handles or, or the deep fat or the belly fat, or we want less white fat if you're overweight and more brown fat, which is more insulating. It's not, it's not the ones that release the, um, what they call cytokines and create chronic inflammation. We want more brown fat, less white fat. Mm. So to do that, when you get outside cold, yes. that's how you do it. And yeah. so when you go outside and you're cold, hey, you're burning good, you're burning the, you're shredding, burning the fat. And you're upregulating, you know, your brown fat. So I kind of explain it that way. No, so it makes perfect sense. Get up yeah. Yeah. I've noticed times when I go outside when I'm, you know, granted my body's a little bit not used to being cold again, but mm. you, you, whether you, you know, you bundle up and you've got the, the socks and the jeans and the turtleneck and the sweater and the coat. And I mean, it will happen to you when you go skiing, right? And you go outside and you're, and it's freezing, yeah. but you, and you're building up a lot of body heat because you're active. Yeah. And even though it's mm -hmm. bitter cold outside, you're really breaking a sweat, right? And that's yeah. that, that breaking down of the, I guess, the white fat to, to the, the matter yeah. that, that's really also uh, regulating your metabolism. And, you know, I deal yeah. with a lot of women who are struggling with diet, lifestyle, you know, mm. marriages that maybe are not healthy and struggling with preparing mm. for divorce or, or recovering from mm. divorce. And that's a place where mm -hmm. people really want to re-examine everything about their life. What am I eating? Who am yeah. I hanging out with? What is really feeding and fueling my heart and my soul? And, and what is mm -hmm. really draining me and a lot of that mm -hmm. is uh, besides relationships diet right and lifestyle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when I teach about food it's also about when to eat mm. and so all my all, the plans what I do is actually help my clients work with their bodies instead of against them and that's the key is we want to so then they get results quicker faster and it's easy and they like it w women are highly tied to our circadian rhythm 
And so, yeah. so what I do is I teach, yeah, we, yeah. So what I do is I teach them when the best time is to eat. Um, and so it's called feed well, fast well, because really we're eating too much and we're eating all the time. And it, it's really taking a toll on our bodies. We need breaks from food. So the cells can what we call autophagy, which is cellular renewal, but they need a break from food to do that. And so the easiest, fastest way to do that is for women is to stop eating from dinner to breakfast 14 hours. That's called a fast. Right. So it gives your body a rest from food, but when but then they eat within the um, 8 or 10 hour window of period during the day. So they're eating the same amount of food, but in a shorter time. Mm. And then what they'll find is, oh my gosh, I am losing weight so much easier and I'm feeling healthy. It's because they're allowing their body to burn the body fat they're not eating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, so it's feed well, fast well. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. You know, I find that my body really works better when I give it a break and I give it um, yeah. an optimal opportunity to really rest well at night, uh, take yeah. some time where I'm not gorging and eating a big hearty breakfast and then, you know, a big lunch and, and a big dinner. In fact, in Ayurveda, which is a part of the yogic science and philosophy and lifestyle, are the biggest meal of the day uh, that's also um, circadian clock is to really eat during pitta time between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. It is really when the fire and the digestive juices and the, the heat of the sun and our greatest thinking time goes on between that, you know, really heat of the day, midday, instead of eating that big dinner or a big heavy heavy breakfast like I see people and they have the French toast and the pancakes and the bacon and the eggs and the juice and the coffee and you know by nine o'clock in the morning they've eaten not only the cal the caloric intake and the sugar but the body is now tired from having to break down all of that the calories and the fat and and digesting everything and by 11 o'clock you're ready for a nap right yeah, and so what I do is I make it really clear for my clients. I give them these blueprints. So what mm. I do is, um, yeah, and it works. So I give them my four steps to creating a healthy meal. Because every time, you want to eat so that it's in balance. Like you're, okay, the biggest thing is you got to balance blood sugar. Anytime your blood sugar is out of whack, you're going to be out of whack. And so also it's very aging on the body because mm. you're creating a lot of free radicals. So the four steps, um that I give to my clients is step number one, where's your protein? So, and these are most people, they're eating too many carbohydrates for their bodies and they're mainly sugar burners and they're not fat burners. We need to be both. We need to be metabolically flexible, but to train the body to be a fat burner, you've got to make sure that when you're eating, that you're not raising blood sugar too much. And so what I do is I always start with, let's start with your protein source. So, and I give them a list of healthy ones that they can digest. And you're right. It's it's funny because Ayurvedic, in the morning up until 2 or it's actually 3 o'clock, science shows that you've got the, the highest amount of hydrochloric acid production. So that's the time to eat more of your food, like you were exactly saying, like especially the protein. The, the hydrochloric acid needs to break down the protein to break them down to amino acids for you to detoxify and to build the body and to, you know, build strength and to keep the blood sugar balanced. So you want to make sure that you're eating a good amount of protein during the day, but the evening, 
you have less hydrochloric acid production naturally producing. So that's when you want to add in a little bit more of the starchy carbs. When you do that, then you have a very solid sleep because it's a low, it's a slow release of glucose, but not a fast release. And that allows you to get into that deep sleep. Mm. So I'm trying to know what are the other three steps? So number one, where's your protein? Too many carbohydrates. Yeah, exactly. So step one, always where's your protein? Most people miss that point. So step one, where's your protein? Start with that. Step two, hey, we need plants. We're not going to eat protein all day. We need plants. And the plants are important because they, first of all, they're medicine. You know, they're phytonutrients. They're, they're, They're plant chemicals that talk to our bodies and give our bodies micronutrients for our bodies to actually function properly. So we need the plants for the for the for the new micronutrients, but we also need it for the fiber because we've got to remember, mm. like so many people are, are have um, constipation. Mm. They're only recirculating their toxins and they're wondering why they're not losing weight. Yeah, because you're not allowing the toxins to come out. Why? Because you're not eating enough vegetables. So what I do is for my clients, I always say, okay, well, step two is your plants. Above ground vegetables, the non-starchy fibrous carbs. We want those during the day, and then at night, you can your evening meal can have a, the starchy carbs. Okay, so more the below the ground because that's what's going to allow you to have that deep sleep and regenerate and and allow your brain to detoxify. So, so step two would be the plants. So that would be the vegetables, the fruits. See, it depends where you live. The plants that I create are very. Um, Based on your where you live, what environment you're living. If you're living in a long life cycle where you are, right. you can actually your mitochondria can and your body can handle more carbs because you're in a long life cycle and you're working with your body because there's lots of plants going there. So you can you're you can afford to have more fruit, but not in the cold climates in the winter. There's no real fruit growing here. Like you got to eat in your environment. So what I do is I say. If you really want to have fruit, just have some berries or whatever is grown here, which are the apples, but not bananas. Bananas aren't grown here. Don't We don't want to eat what's not grown in your environment. Because your, your mitochondria, your body pays attention to that. You may not, but your body does. So, so I say, okay, so for the plants, we can have the vegetables, we can have the fruit. And then for people that actually, individuals that want to lose weight, I always eliminate grains the first month. But I want to put them in later because I want a variety of foods. But the first month, there's no grains because there are too many carbs. Because I want to get them burning fat and not so much of the carbs. Mm-hmm. So I do the plant. And then step three is the fat. So that's the other really important part is we need to put the fats in our diet. And um, for those that have fatty liver or they're overweight, their livers can't handle a lot of fat to begin with. And you hear about all these diets out there high fat, moderate carbs, you know, moderate protein. Yeah, but not for those that have fatty liver. No, because their livers need to be produce the bile to break down the fat. And mm. if their livers are fatty, they're going to feel nauseous. They're going to have constipation. And they're not going to be able to lose the weight. So what I do is, for those individuals that are overweight, I have them start with one teaspoon of fat at every meal because the fat is critical for blood sugar balance. You know, it makes up the cell membrane to have a cell me- healthy cell membrane. It makes up proper hormones. So, and then I give them a list of their best fats. And what I find is most people are eating way too much coconut oil. <laughs> yeah, isn't you know, it funny? Fat. 
I mean, it, it, about five years ago, it used to be almond milk, and now it's coconut oil, and now I'm kind of seeing the the obsession with avocados. So, it, I, you know, I love to, I love to uh, see the the cycles of of, um, you know, what's what's the new go to fruit or vegetable, or, um, it is so true. I see, you know, a lot of people really gorging themselves on coconut oil. Yeah, and what happens is, see, I do blood work too. I can actually see where they're off for their fats, and most people don't get have enough oleic acid, and their and their DHA and EPA are, are way too low, and they're too high in the other um, the omega six and the omega nine. Mm. So I do blood work. I can actually look for that. So what I do is, yeah. So what I do is, I would say, Kate, to start, just to have a variety. Don't overdo it in one type of fat. We need olive oil which a lot of people don't know, but it actually helps you lose weight. And there's a book out there by Dr. Marcola called um, Super Fuel, and it's about olive oil. So olive oil would be one. Um, and then the avocados, the olives, the uh, coconut oil. But I want it, and then the flax seeds. I want a variety. So mm-hmm. I think just do the variety to start. And then later we can do some blood work to find out what, where you actually, what, what you actually need. But just start with the variety. And so I get them trying different fats. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And then the fourth category is my, what I call my superfoods. And so I'm a big advocate of true health and not what's marketed as health to, like, sell something. You know, like, I'm so tired of that. So what I do is I, I teach them about what the real superfoods are, which are, you know what, um, sprouts. Mm. <laughs> And sea vegetables, like we're eating too many land, we need sea vegetables for those trace minerals, right? Good for the thyroid, the iodine, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and then we need the bone broth. If you, um, if you, if you're not vegetarian, the bone broth would be really good, and the um, the fermented vegetables, just a little bit. So, and then the prebiotics, the ones that feed our good bugs. So. And then the herbs and spices, because the herbs and spices, they're, they're actually wild plants that have so much medicine in them, like right. all the carminative herbs, those that have troubles, troubles with their um, digestion, they need more of these carminative herbs, because they allow for a good bowel movement. So those are like um, the, the basil, the rosemary, the oregano. Um, these herbs help have good bowel movements, and they help with other areas too, like liver, but we got to get these herbs and spices in our in our body. So those I call the superfoods. So I, I give them a list of those, and I say, you know what? Just play. You're not going to go wrong with real food. Right. And then so I say, every time you eat, just put these four steps into each of your meals within that window of time. And um, this is how you teach people how to feed their bodies like real human a human diet, not a artificial one made up. We're humans. Yes, we are. We're not robots. Well, Michelle, for somebody who's just sort of starting this wellness journey and they're they're kind of, you know, playing, as you say. I love how you said that. Just play. Because uh-huh. that's really what we need to see as wellness, as an ability to explore and be open-minded to trying something different, kind of you know, eliminating the microwave and and getting out a knife and a cutting board and maybe even, you know, playing with recipes. And I always say to my my students, although I'm not 
really doing cooking classes nearly as many as I would like to or I'm doing anymore because I'm focusing my work on other avenues. But is I would always say to them, go to the perimeter of the grocery store, stay away uh-huh. from the aisles. And if you can, go to as many farmer's markets in season as possible. So that's uh-huh. always a key. But I always say to them, please, every time you go to the store, you know, go in with your list, be prepared, but buy one thing that you've never tried before. Be willing to try it. If you know it, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You don't like it. It didn't. It didn't um, agree with you, or you didn't particularly care for it, or know what the heck to do with it, right? But be willing to try one new fruit, or one new vegetable, or one new bean, or product, or something, or a new herb, a new spice, a new something, because we get so used to. This is what I eat because that's what my mother made for me when we were kids. Like we had for breakfast scrambled eggs and uh, a glass of orange juice and bacon. And for lunch we had like, I don't know, I'm making things up, a tuna fish sandwich or we had turkey or we had peanut butter and jelly. And for lunch we, I'm sorry, for dinner we had, you know, chicken, broccoli and rice or we had um, roast beef or we had meatloaf or we had, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and or whatever, you know, the, the typical, and I'm, 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 I know you're in Canada, but, you know, kind of picking on the quote unquote standard American diet. And, um, but it was always the condiments. We had the ketchup, the mustard and mustard's great, but depending on the brand. And, but if you look at the ingredients of all that stuff, right, it's like sugar, 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 processed food, chemicals, Everything is just an additive and it makes our bodies really toxic because the more we put those chemicals into our body and we eat and consume processed goods, the more we have to clean our body out. So I love that you're saying it, particularly when you mention sprouts and sea vegetables and fermented veggies and pre prebiotics because that is so macro. I mean, my favorite thing to make is miso soup. So it has the fermented foods in it as well as the sea vegetables. And also I love mushrooms because they have an incredible medicinal uh, quality to them. And I know there's a zillion different types of mushrooms, but particularly shiitake. So thank you for saying that. I always feel like I'm barking up the, the wrong tree to people that like miso soup. That's just so weird. But that is my favorite thing to have for breakfast, believe it or not. So, and sometimes I will put miso in it, uh, organic, of course, I'm sorry, um, tofu, but, um, and I know soy is not for everybody, but you know, if you had to paint a picture for your, you know, average and forgive the word average but you know normal average a woman and maybe somewhere between the age of 40 and 60 who is maybe struggling a little bit with being overweight not really overweight per se and like really battling having to lose a substantial about amount of weight but just feels a little bit tired bloated uh, drained and maybe feels a little bit squishy and doesn't really feel like she's living her optimal life if you could, you know, give the advice to our audience as a whole, where would you have them start, say, with an ideal breakfast, an ideal lunch, and an ideal dinner? And even though we do want to, you know, focus on that 14 hours of fasting, that leaves us a good 10 hours of which during the majority of the day to have some good high quality food, where would you suggest they start? Oh, yeah, that's good. 
totally up my alley because these are basically the clients that I serve. Um, <laughs> so no, they are because I want to help these women, right? So okay, so here I three tips I'm going to give you right now, okay. which will be game changing and transformational. So the first thing is wake up, have one liter of water within two hours of waking up. This is all science based, by the way. So what that's going to do is that you're actually going to, first of all, be allowing your body to burn fat because you haven't eaten. So give your body a chance to learn how to tap into those energy packs that you have around your waist and start to burn them off for energy. So, so one liter of water in the morning within two hours of waking up. And then should that be uh, to... room temperature, refrigerated, uh, mineral, I love room water? temperature. Yeah, so clean water. Just yep. reverse osmosis, clean water. Um, and then you want it warm, right? You don't want it too cold. Like if it's a stress, your blood isn't cold. Right. You want it to couple with your blood temperature. So one liter of, of water in the morning. And then um, you're actually going to allow yourself to know when you're hungry. Mm. Like we eat when we're hungry. We stop when we're 80% full. But what is that? Well, that's the training that goes in. That's the mindfulness. That's the, oh, I'm hungry. So, But if you check off the, the, the mark where you've already you've hydrated yourself, you know that you're going to have true hunger because some people think they're hungry, but they're actually dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you won't be getting into a state of health when you're eating when you're not ready for it. So start with one liter of water within two hours of waking up, Okay. And then when your true hunger comes in, not because you're told to eat at a certain time, no. When does your body want to eat? Not your neighbor. So for breakfast, I always say, okay, step one, where's your protein? So for my clients, I give them these really easy meal plans. So I say, okay, do does your body want a liquid nutrition, like a smoothie? You know, protein powder uh, and some like dark leafy greens some coconut milk and maybe a cup of berries and a little bit of avocado because that's following my whole four steps, right? That one meal, that's one smoothie. You can have that. Or no, I need something substantial. Okay. So let's look at eggs or bacon or last night's dinner for protein. Um, or I, I don't, whatever, usually it's eggs and bacon because we're in Canada, but if you're somewhere where you are, then maybe it's sardines, maybe it's prawns, maybe it's if you can handle um, soy, then that would be a protein source, right? So you would do that with some uh, dark leafy greens, like stir-fried dark leafy greens. So you've got your greens, which are non-starchy fibrous carbs. You've got your eggs or bacon or your prawns or seafood, whatever protein you have. And then add a little bit of extra fat. And so that could be olive. It could be olive oil. So that's your breakfast. And then what you do is, you want to train your body not to snack. If you're, if you're always snacking, you're always driving the body to break something down when it doesn't want to do that all day. Our ancestors never did that. Mm-hmm. So you give your body a break from food. So you wait four or five hours or even, and then you have your lunch. And so lunch would be, again, protein-rich, a little bit of fat, and some above-ground vegetables. Because remember, the hydrochloric acid production is the highest in the morning till 3, so you want to take advantage of that with the protein. So good amount of protein, you've got your vegetables, you've got your, um, a little bit of fat, or I don't, maybe you want a smoothie. It's what does your body want? You can have a smoothie for lunch. That's totally fine. And then you wait another four or five hours and that's when you decrease the protein 
and you increase the carbs and you have a little bit of fat. Why? Because we want a very good sleep. But we still need to get that protein in. So then what you do is you have your dinner, which would be just like your breakfast or lunch. You can even have a smoothie for dinner. It doesn't matter. So what do you want? You can have, the other good thing is you can have um, coconut yogurt with protein powder and some berries if you want something light. Just read your body. Does it want something heavy or light? It will tell you. And so you stop eating after dinner, no snacking, because again, you've got to train your body not to be eating all the time. So then you count from dinner to breakfast, 14 hours. That's how you do it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. I do, I do believe that, that that problem that most people have is they're busy all day long. And with the kids and the sports and the carpooling and work and homework and you get the idea. And it's eight or nine o'clock by the time they've gotten home, got the kids settled from whatever. And they're like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to make for dinner? And it, they're yeah. eating too late. They're eating too heavy. So what do they do? Uh-huh. They go to the 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 uh, freezer and they go to the convenience food so it's the pizza and the fried chicken and things that are just really too heavy and laden with salt and oils and preservatives so it's nine or ten o'clock by the time everyone's eaten the homework's done the house is cleaned up and Uh if you count 14 hours from then it's one in the afternoon Uh And, you know, in order to get their rear end out of bed, they're so tired Uh because their body is trying to digest all that heavy, heavy food that they've got to drink nine cups of coffee to even get the kids in the car or go to work or get to work themselves if they're, you know, younger or just in a situation where they're single and living that lifestyle. And, And it's a perpetual cycle of always chasing, feeling... you know laid in down and tired because your body never has the opportunity right to rest rest and restore and rebuild well that's when the strategy comes in but that's like you okay you can do it if there is it's so easy so that's where like you would want to sit down with somebody and strategize how can i do this because to me that's what I do as well. I can give a plan, but the plan needs to be followed. Mm-hmm. And so I show them how they can easily um, have dinner ready within 30 minutes of them getting home. Right. And that, so it's about planning. So anybody who wants to be successful in anything has to plan. Right. And so when you have these strategies in place, it's not doom and gloom. It's like, I got this. Because guess what? We do get it. You've just got to go and find the answer. So you find people that can help you because you know what? You can do it. Right. All my clients do it. They do a great job. Right. So it's not doom and gloom. No, there's lots of answers, and you can feed your family very well. You just got to know how to do it, right. and it works. And then everybody wins, and actually, you're a good role model because you get to show your kids how to do it, mm-hmm. and they see you do it. So it's like, it's far-reaching. I just, I have to tell you how much I just love what I do because it changed people's lives. It changed families. It changed neighborhoods. Like, people get better when they can kind of follow this information. And so a platform that you have, this podcast, I think it's great when you when you can um, talk to experts out there who share. They're in the trenches. They're doing this. They're teaching it. So when people can learn this information, they can get healthy too. But you got to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that not that the case with everything, Michelle? You know, it, this stuff doesn't fall yeah. from the sky. People are like, well, how did you move and how did you you know yeah. do all the things I do whether it was write a book and start a podcast and host retreats and coach people and write cards and start my own registered yoga school and all the things that I've just been inspired to do and study and learn and the answer is you have to do the work right exactly yeah yep. I know well, I really would love people to know how to get in touch with you. Tell them a little bit about your how to find you on social media. Do you have a website? What social media platforms are uh, you on so that people can really reach out to you, ask questions, follow you, and really get to know you because I was inspired meeting you down in Belize when you came to visit. And I really think you are a little uh, spark of light. I mean, you are a firecracker. You're one of the strongest females I've ever met um, and you're just you're a wonderful mother I saw the way you were with your sons and you just really had this passion for being a woman you have a passion for being a, a mother and you have a passion for really being a, a role model an advocate for living a clean vibrant healthy lifestyle and I really enjoy introducing my uh, audience and tribe as Elizabeth does too I'm sorry she's not with me she's actually at a soccer game with her daughter right now so oh, peace man. out to you Elizabeth right now girl she's freezing her little bum outside in Boston but but getting that good you know fat burning uh, you know I hear you she, she's as tiny as no, a it's rail. True. Um, yeah Aww. so how do people find you get to know you and and even work with you yeah so I do one-on-one uh counseling uh for like when i dive really deep i can create these plans for individuals and i work remotely so anyone skype or zoom or i can work with anyone that way uh one-on-one and i also have these group coaching programs where i if you need support like within a group i have um the one that i'm rolling out right now is called slim strong and sexy and it's a six module course so it's once a week for six weeks because it takes time to instill these habits and it takes time to learn them and so what better fun than with a group? And so we all do it together to stay accountable and have fun. So I offer those two services. And so it's all found at my website. Thank you for asking. So it's www.askmichelle, A-F-K. Michelle is spelled with an A-L-E, though. It's A-S-K-M-I-C-H-A-L-E.com. And your last name, if you could spell it so people could find you. Yeah, so my name is Michelle, M-I-C-H-A-L-E, and the last name is Hart, H-A-R-T-T-E. And, and I do have Facebook. The spelling yeah. of that, it, it, I love it. Is, is it, um, did your mom just get super, super creative and make it up, or was it like a legacy or a family name? Tell me about that. I'm, I'm, cur- I'm such a curious person, if you hadn't noticed. Paulette, you wouldn't believe this. We um, ditched all of our old names and made new ones. Really? Isn't that? Yeah, we did. Because my second son, I had no name for him. I thought he was a girl the whole time, and he popped out a boy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even have a name for a boy. And I didn't have a name for six months for him because I couldn't figure out a good name for this beautiful child. <laughs> and so, oh yeah. And so, do you know um, the Cabalarian Society? You know, I'm Madonna. She's part of it. And what they do is they find exact names based on the exact time you're born for you to have, like, the best life ever. And Wait, so what they is that called? What is the society? Yeah, Say that again. 
I know it's crazy Cabalarian Society. Can you spell it? So um Cabalarian Cabalarian. K A B I L A R I A N. Great. Cabalarian. Yeah. Society. So I paid like a $25 fee and they gave me all these names that were in perfect sync with Trey's exact time of birth. And so I finally picked a name for Trey and he is a treasure. He is, oh my gosh, I love my kids so much. And then I thought, well, hey, like I wanted our whole family to have like it in sync with our birthday. So the whole family changed the name. Isn't that amazing? It is. we're, we're crazy. We're just no, like, I, I don't. I never said anything <laughs> about crazy. And who's to say oh, anything is crazy, right? We have fun. We, we think outside the box. I mean, just like you, like moving over there. We, the world is your oyster. You, it, whatever you want to make of yourself, you can do it. You do have the power to do it. So that's what we do. Mm. No limit. And share with everybody the names of your two sons. Yeah, so Trey, T-R-A-E, so Trey Hart and Tristan Hart, T-R-I-S-S-T-O-N, Tristan Hart. And then my husband, Reese. Great Reece names. Hart. Yeah. Oh, we were, yeah, they're, oh, I love And my, you, yeah. um, did you grow up in Vancouver? Is this a place where you're um, kind of a native? No, I grew up, I grew up in Castor. I'm 100% Russian, so we're, we were Dukabor there, we're, like really strong community. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, and then I was a Malos, so now with the change in name, we changed it to Heart, um, and we all came up with the name together, so we actually reinvented ourselves. <laughs> I can it's see fun. that. I love it. That's I had no idea. You didn't share with that with me when, when we met last year, so... Well, I'm so glad that uh, we reconnected, and uh, this has been a really insightful uh, conversation. Uh, uh. And I hope you, um, you know, continue to really, uh, you know, reach out and um, and make that connection to so many other women that really need this uh, type uh. of support and guidance because it's really overwhelming. So many people don't know what to eat or how to eat and they just eat what, you know, they walked up and down the aisles of the stop and shop or the uh, the uh, local grocery store and they just buy what's on sale and, and they're really uh-huh. not aware that food really is energy and it's what you put uh-huh. in is what you get out and I yeah. appreciate you doing the work you do. And you know, it's not hard. Like, it's so easy. You just, you find someone who's doing it and then you follow kind of what works. And so, and having these coaches and these guides and these mentors is really where you're going to make a difference. And it's so, so I'm going to say, like, if you really want this, it's right there. It's for you to grab. It's there. And you can, you know, work with someone like me or someone else. But if you've got someone who kind of walk you through it, it is easy. And guess what? You transform your life. It doesn't even take long. So, Paula, I do want to um, thank you for what you're doing because you're allowing other people to hear this information from all over the world. And so I want to thank you for putting this on because um, I think you're an inspiration because you are. You're a shining light and you're, you're a vision of health. Thank you. Well, 
I love that just what I do because of all the people I get to meet and it's just been such an amazing journey with I never who knows I never know who's gonna call me, email me, text me, message me, reach out to me, ring my doorbell. Um, this morning wow. I had a um, a beautiful meeting at a little coffee shop with this lovely woman Wendy, and then I had a a session with a woman Tina who's doing her five hundred hour with me, and then I came home and wrote. And today, uh, you know, we reconnected and we're able to have this conversation. So that's what it's all about, right? Sharing what we know to be able to help and and serve and guide and inspire and empower others to do the same. Because I know 10, 15, 20 years ago, if I had had somebody to hold my hand and call me and, and be there to help me know that there was another way to live... I could uh-huh. have been so much happier uh-huh. so much earlier, but uh-huh. that's just why we're here. Yeah, it is. It is. And so, yeah. Thanks, Thanks. Well, I, I all my best, it. everyone. Thank you. And um, sending out my good vibes to Elizabeth. And uh, thank you, everyone. Until next time, thrive Thanks. in the Thanks. chaos. Okay. <laughs> Bye.